Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Guess what? We are backtracking a little bit. Back in September, I had a retreat for the fourth time, and we did a topic on spiritual warfare. If you were listening to the podcast early October, I did one episode about it, and then spiritual warfare kept happening. <laughs> um, and now we're behind, but we're coming back. We're not going to lose. We're going to win in the battle of spiritual warfare. And I have my friend Jessica here with me to help me record one of the sessions that we did at the retreat. Hey, Jess, how's it going? Hello, how are you? I am, I am good. So I just warned you, I was going to out you on this episode because uh, yes, you did. I think in like April, about a year ago, you're like, hey, I think I know what topic we should do for the retreat. I was like, really? What? And you're like, spiritual warfare. And I remember reading the text and going, girl, no. And I texted back, like, you do know what you're saying, right? And she's like, yep, but I think we have to do it anyway. Yeah. So you, myself, and Sarah, we each took a session to talk about spiritual warfare. And we were talking about the spiritual warfare a couple weeks ago that we had before the retreat. And for whatever reason, it felt like it was worse after the retreat when we got back. It just never stopped. Would you say you felt that too? Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think it's been different. I had a, such a, a really unique experience. I guess I would call it unique. Um, in the summer, it was pretty ugly. So I feel like anything since then has been a lot it's better. Been flowery. <laughs> like, and roses. like I can't okay. complain as much because it was quite intense in July. So, um, yeah. When you pick a topic, it's kind of the way it goes, isn't it? Like here, like here we go. Um, and it came in ways I never expected it to. So. I mean, you you kind of have the standard spiritual warfare that you're used to, like with your kids and your husband in certain ways, and then sometimes you get blindsided, and um, I would have to say that's what it was. I feel like um, this year I um, had really dedicated my time into being in the Word, and so I knew it was coming. It's like you know what's going to come when you're, like, immersing yourself in the Word, and you're really trying to be diligent in something new and different that you have really haven't poured yourself into. But it was quite unexpected the way it came, so I was a little surprised. But I'm the one who started the train, so I guess yeah. You, so you know, <laughs> you're a along, bit of that. You're along so, for the ride, then. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about a number of different things at the retreat. We talked about just understanding what spiritual warfare is, what it looks like in our lives, not necessarily in specific situations, but then how are we called to fight it? And one of the topics that you spoke on was really just talking about spiritual warfare in terms of being in the word, which is ironic because that's how you were attacked because yeah. that's what you were going through. I was like, ha, huh, there's yes, your topic sure. too. Sure. Yes. So I would love for you to just take maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes to walk us through that. I know you spent some time in the Psalms, which I love, and just encourage us in how we do fight through scripture, the spiritual warfare in our lives. Yeah, it was interesting because we weren't really getting into the specifics. So after um, we just kind of had some big blow up in my family this summer, um, just extended family. We were on a vacation and it got pretty ugly. There was some definitely some deep rooted sin that was kind of exposed um, one day and it kind of affected everyone. And so there was ramifications from that. And um, I remember coming back from that and then, you know, preparing in August um, for the retreat in September and wondering, oh, what should I talk about? And it's just one of those things that you can't get into all the specifics because there's just so many different people involved and you're not going to talk about all those things. But um, I was wondering if I should, like what I should talk about and what I should do. And then I remember talking to you on the phone and you were, I kind of went into 
just kind of that I've been reading the Psalms a lot and learning a little bit more about David. And I was like, and you know, I, I kept saying different things and you're like, I think that's your topic. I think that's what you should talk about. So it was really cool just to kind of like zone in on that and like really say, okay, this is what I'm going to talk, really going to learn about, grow and talk about. So I find it interesting. I think, um, you and I talked about this before reading the Psalms is kind of like reading David's journal a little bit. Um, if you kind of kept a journal and obviously we sing so many of the songs and we, we have those, some of the verses just immersed in us with scripture and with song and everything. But, um, it was just interesting kind of looking at just a little bit of specifics of his life. And, um, the one thing that stood out to me the most was like when God says that David is a man after God's own heart. And I think that's something that I just have really desired for my own life um, as being a woman after God's own heart. And so what does that look like? And so then, you know, you think, okay, well, that's all going to go so peachy keen and beautiful, but that's not the way David's life went at all. I mean, and it's interesting to see from the start, you know, just how God chooses him, um, first of all, after Saul and um, goes in through all the different sons of Jesse and says, no, this is the one. But he says, no, you know, I see what's at the heart. You know, people, look, man looks at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder of like, as we walk through this world, um, sometimes we think we know what people look like and what people are going through and what people, you know, are just who they are. And, and God really sees the heart. And I think that's just something that I want guess to shine through in my life is just like am I a woman after God's own heart am I really desiring what God wants for my life am I but when you do those things that's when the spiritual battle comes because the devil of course wants to stop that and he uses so many different ways and tactics towards that so we talked about I think it was just really good to to get into immerse myself in David and what it looked like so you kind of, I kind of talked about days because I had that day in the summer uh, and I remember it July 6th where it was the big spiritual battle day um, in my life. And there was a turning point in a lot of good ways and really hard ways. Um, but that's kind of what I looked at then with David is there's certain specific days and we could have went through so many, I could have went through so many more, but I kind of picked out the one where he gets anointed as king and what that looks like. And then when he gets anointed, it's not like, okay, all of a sudden now you're the king of Israel, you know, now you had to actually prepare to be king. And like God does it so differently than we do sometimes, or we expect it to happen. I mean, he brings us back to like this mundane kind of boring life sometimes, um, kind of like, is there really purpose in this? Because we have those big moments, but then there's so many of those little in-betweens that we like want to pass over or not be a part of, but that's where God's really working. So I feel like it was really cool to read through and just really immerse myself. And there's a lot of psalm that just, I think, I feel like it was written while he, you know, like they came back to like while he was just being a shepherd, looking after the sheep. So he did that for a long time. He was doing that when he was anointed as king, but then he went back to that. And that's where, you know, and you see God working in powerful ways. I mean, saving him from, you know, so many different like bear attacks and lion attacks, but it's, also just the day-to-day -day keeping track of the sheep, taking care of the sheep, the ugliness of that, the, you know, the beautifulness of that, but also just, I don't know, kind of boring and just not very exciting, you know, at times. Well, it's that in-between, mm -hmm. what we do every yes. single day, mm -hmm. like you said before, that the in-between moments that are very easy to ignore or quite honestly to be super yes. annoyed by. And like, am I really doing this again? Yeah, exactly. For me, it's the dishwasher. 
Yes. Really? It's all the time. How many more times yeah. can I do this? This in between, which is where so much preparation happens. It's a shift of perspective. And I love being able to look at David to see mm-hmm. that painted out in such a great picture. Yeah, I think it's interesting because even this morning I was like, oh, I got to do like a bunch of more laundry that I didn't get to that this morning. I'm like, okay, when I go home, I have to do this now. And sometimes it's like, man, that's so taxing. But it's also just like, those are the moments I know as I've grown older and maybe a little bit wiser and mature. I just spend time with the Lord, which sounds ridiculous, but like, I'm so busy sometimes. It's like, sometimes when I'm just putting wash in the washer or folding laundry, like I sing a song or I pray during that time. You still fold laundry? I do. Oh yeah, I gave that up years ago. I know. <laughs> Good my for kids, you. <laughs> my kids do also, but I I actually like folding laundry. It's an interesting one. I there's certain things I'm like I'll give up easily folding laundry. Maybe it's because I've made that be a time where I just kind of like spend time with the Lord a little bit. It's quieter. It's I'm I can't do much else um, during that time. Sometimes I watch TV or you know, but sometimes I just go off by myself in my room and just fold laundry. But um, yeah, just those little mundane moments. I feel like David had had to do a prepping time but I feel like that's where you prepare for battle um in those quiet moments in those still moments in the mundane the boring this the the same old same old um is where God really uses us because it helps us to just really trust in him wait for the next um thing that's going to come so then we talked about you know I talked a lot about then the next day that comes along which of course is the the big one that everybody remembers is you know the um, battle with Goliath, you know, and that big battle. Um, but he was preparing the whole time. I mean, physically, spiritually, mentally, he was preparing before that. And I feel like he just was in a place where he really trusted the Lord. He knew who the Lord was at that point. He was still young, very young, which I find so awesome, you know, especially as raising young people, um, young adults right now, and um, just really trying to encourage them that, like, you can still be strong in the Lord and you can still be diligent. You can stand firm. You can be steadfast even while you are young, and that's what David did. And so then he comes off to, you know, comes to battle, um, not with a, you know, you know, they try to give him armor, they try to give him, you know, Saul tries to give him a sword, but, you know, that doesn't work out. And um, he just goes with that sling, and the, and, but he just trusts the Lord, and he, he knows the Lord is going to take care of the battle. And he, you know, he says, why are you defying the armies of the Lord? And so he's willing to, like, just stand firm for God and who he is, which I think is just an awesome example as the devil attacks us. Like, who is he to attack us in those ways? I mean, who are you to defy my God and my Lord? And I think it's it shows where David's heart's at, you know, who he, who his God is. And he knows his commander. He knows, you know, who he is. He knows who have the character of God. He knows he, he's seen it faithfully throughout his life already. And um, he's willing to stand firm in that and just really trust in that. So I think it's really a cool, you know, it's a day, obviously, that he's going to remember <laughs> for the rest of his life. It's a big one. We have those big days, but then there's the in-between again. And then it, you know, it comes, I was um, trying to look for the part where it's, you know, it's just all the different, um, it goes on to the next one, you know, like next thing happens. And it's not like it's, he goes next, you know, the exciting king thing. It's like, here it comes, you know, after this, a lot happens, you know, um, Jonathan and him become best friends and. David marries Saul's daughter, then another daughter, then, you know, then another one. He has a few attempted murder escapes. Saul continues to be jealous. And after him, David lives in caves, caves and lives among the enemy, the Philistines. He, um, and there's just tons of rough stuff that happens before he becomes king. And I think, you know, we got to remember there's going to be a lot of dark days in there too. It's like you have those really high mountaintop moments when you're battling Goliath and you see him fall. 
and then you got the the aftermath of that and d- and where the devil's going to really attack you on things and probably even just in the waiting um i think i've learned a lot in this we've t- i've talked a lot with um different people about what happens in the waiting in those moments and like that's the process is where we really are um refined and I- if we weren't in the waiting if there was no waiting we would not have faith the way we do um and so but there's ugliness that happens in the waiting also and just some like because we live in a sinful broken world there is going to be the enemy attacking us at all times and so i feel like he just was probably very diligent about going going back to the word and just knowing what god it what god's done for him being grateful being thankful um just really going after who god is and what his will is um and just being patient in that and i'm sure there's times when you see it throughout psalms where he struggles a lot like are you going to come help me are you going where is where are you god like have you left me and like all these things i'm sure as you're being attacked or and i mean we get attacked in different ways but i mean he's physically getting come after him you know the enemy's coming after him he had to hide and like be in secret and obviously Saul alone is getting jealous and coming after him like in crazy ways so um but then we're I just we just move on to like there's all these things that happen and then you have the next day and the next day is Bathsheba you know and so um and that is quite a day a day he probably regrets and a day he wishes he could take back at times but you've lived this day and so then what do you what goes on through that and I feel like that's where the real battle um begins and I think what it is is that um I really learned through it is that there is a preparing you have to prepare for battle you have to be ready for battle you have to know that it's coming you can't just say well I'm kind of done I don't want to be in battle anymore well that's just not the way it is as we live in this world you can't do that and so I think that was his biggest downfall is that it always said he went off to battle with the soldiers he went out to the war and this time he decided to stay back I think he thought I've done a lot of battling and I've, you know, I'm kind of ready to be just sitting here doing nothing. And then and you go I'm going to take a break. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's my turn to sit back. And I think we all do that in our own ways at times, but that's where the devil really can get sneaky and really come in and um, get use different tactics that maybe like we haven't seen before. You know, we like to, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have rest. Like, don't hear me wrong. I've, it's very adamant that we should rest. I think the Lord really commands us to, but there's a different kind of rest, but we never should have rest from like knowing the Lord and being in the word and in knowing scripture and praying with God and all those things. Like we should never rest from that. We should rest from things of the world for sure, but not um, things of God. So um, I just find it very interesting that that's when he, you know, really faced this huge temptation with Bathsheba and, you know, and then falls into that sin. And, you know, I mean, it's just one sin after the other that comes in where you, you know, you commit adultery, and then now you're a murderer, and you're covering up this murder, and now you have this baby, you know, and so all these things, and the baby ends up dying, all these things that, like, I just feel like, David, it's not about, I think when we say the man after God's own heart, I think people like to think, well, then you think of, oh, you can think of Goliath, oh, that's so awesome, and then you can think of Bathsheba, and you're like, wow, this, this guy is just messed up, and it's ugly, but it's not about our sin, and like, what we do, and what we don't do, it's who, are we really truly going after God? Are we wanting to know who God is? Are we willing to live for him? Are we willing to do his will? Even if we mess up, are we willing to ask for forgiveness? Are we willing to 
to turn from our error of our sin and could turn back to God. I mean, those are the people that are really going after God's heart. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. doesn't mean they're not going to sin. Of course they are. But there is a difference in people that are really going, seeking God's will and really wanting to know who he is and really want to live for him. And then the people that are just like, oh, God's just a little part of my story. Or he's just a little like, I get Jesus on Sunday or I get, you know, I, I, I talk about Jesus here and there. Christmas is a great time to really immerse myself. But like, do you know your God? Do you know who he is? Do you know what his word says? Are you willing to like live for it and die for it and be willing to? So I think that the biggest thing is that's how you're going to fight the battle is really loving your God and knowing your God. And so that's where I, I spent a lot of time in the Psalms. And I was just, um, there's so many good ones. It's ridiculous. I've really, I've read through um, Psalms twice this year. And I, I can't get enough of it. It's interesting. I read it a couple of years ago, and it just isn't the same. And maybe it is also because I just have learned a lot about David and just seeing his heart. And so as you read through these psalms, you can just see the the ups and the downs in his life, the turmoil and the rejoicing, the joys, the pain, all the different things. And you kind of, I really can feel like I can understand where he's coming from now. Um but I loved um, Psalm one, um, Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, revol- reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. I just, I mean, I think that wraps up like a man after God's own heart a little bit, like where he's at. Like he really wants to meditate and immerse himself in what God, who God is and what his word says. And he wants his life to show it. I'm like, I'm always hit by let the words of mm-hmm. my mouth and the meditation yes. of my heart. Yes. I was like, okay, it's very easy to think our spiritual life, you know, it's very individual. It's very... Mm-hmm private to us. I mean, yes, your relationship with God mm-hmm. is right, individual, intimate between the two of you. However, our Christianity is way more than that. Our relationship with God extends beyond that. It is about the life that we live, the fruit that we bear, what people actually see. And I, I see so much of that in David, especially in that psalm, of wanting the world to know God too through him. So as we're heading into, we're in the new year. So what encouragement can you give to women that are feeling like, yeah, I do need to prepare in advance for battle because we have no idea what's coming down the road. I'm not going to say this person's name, but I had someone recently come up to me and say, hey, I just found out X, this huge battle in her life. She was at the retreat in September. She finds out late December, this huge thing in my life, which is going to be completely life altering, is now happening. She's like, I have to tell you. Being at the retreat, being encouraged in spiritual warfare, God had me there on purpose to start preparing because now I can't even believe sure. this is happening. And none of us know. We yeah. don't know when that thing is going to happen in our life. We don't know when it's going to come, but that we have to be preparing all the time. And maybe this new year as we're heading into January, February, March, like being immersed in God's word. Where? Do you have a favorite place to start if you were encouraging someone to just jump in? So, um, no, lots of lots of different places. <laughs> I would say, you know, John is always a good one. I am all about the epistles. Obviously, I'm a like I'm a Paul fangirl a little bit, I would say. I'm not usually like I don't like it's funny because people are like, 
you know, there's different pastors and things, you know, um, and I like Pipe, um, Piper a little bit. Um, I definitely am a Paul Tripp um, fan a little bit, but it is Paul of the New Testament. <laughs> Paul, Should I keep my Bible Saul, He is definitely <laughs> like, well, I just love the way he writes. Um, you know, I think he struggles with pride a little bit, which I do. Um, so I kind of get where he's coming from. And so like, it's like, you know, you want to be prideful, but then who are you to be prideful? Like what, who am I compared to the Lord? Um, those kind of things. And I need to be knocked down a lot of times, but, um, I would say, John, I did a Bible reading plan starting in January last year. Um, I, um, printed it off of, um, the Bible project. And so I actually printed it off. You can actually, um, I know we talked about this before, but you can watch like little intros and videos to like each book, which is kind of cool. And they break down some things. Um, I didn't do that. Maybe if I did it again, I would. I just printed it off so I could have it everywhere I went. I kept it in my Bible. I brought my Bible everywhere I went this year, which was very different for me. Um, I used to have a little one, but I have one. I actually asked for a new one for Christmas, but it's one I've had for I don't know, 15, 20 years now. And so it's highlighted a lot. It's underlined. But, like, I just put that in there, and then it's a soft cover. I would highly recommend getting a Bible that you can travel around with so that you actually have it. Because how many of us sit at, like, a game or in between, you know, having to wait for a prescription? The pickup line yes. at Oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> see. I have homeschoolers. So, I, yeah, that's probably number one for people that go. Yeah, the pickup line. Just anywhere, like, um, your kids waiting for your kids, waiting for your husband, waiting for just this, that, and the other. Um, and I just open it. Um, and I know you ha- people have it on their phone. I don't, and that's great. I have it on my phone also. I just don't learn the same. I just don't, um, I just really like to have the pages right in front of me and like underline, really read it over and over again. It just bookmark, you know, it's like, it's good that way. But I highly recommend doing that, just taking the Bible with you wherever you go. Um, I didn't regret it. <laughs> and I definitely, um, you know, I would regret not having it now more than uh, sometimes when I forget, it, I'm like, shoot, you know. Um, but I just feel like you can never get enough of the word. You just can't. Um, and, you know, I'm 45. I've learned that the hard way over the years. I pray my kids know that a lot earlier, that the word is like their number one source they go to, the number one thing they read. I mean, there's lots of other great things to read, but if you're not reading the word, um, you're just not getting to really know who God is. I mean, obviously, there's great resources out there um, encouraging you, you know, with the word. But um, I was, you know, the the armor. We talked about the armor, and I, I feel like it, it's, I don't know, it's not overplayed. But, you know, it's it would thing. But I, the one thing that really stood out to me when you talk about putting on the armor is this year, what stood out to me is the sword. And I had read something or heard something about how it's like our only weapon for defense, you know, to defend against the devil. Um, you know, um, I mean, sorry, not defense, offense. Sorry, I just said that wrong. Um, the only weapon for offense is the word. Um, everything else is defense. You know, when you got your shield, you got your, you know, your arm, um, your helmet, all those things. But when you got the sword, you're able to fight on the offense against, and that is the word of the Lord. The word is what this um, sword is, is the word. So if you don't know the word, if you don't actually know what God says and who he is and what he's done, you're not able to battle, battle the devil. And we've, we talk about this all the time. The devil knows the word. He's going to use it against you. I mean, you try to use it against Jesus. I know you talked about that at the retreat too. And it's like, if you don't know the word, how are you going to battle against what lies and dece- deception and ugliness is he putting towards you? Um, so as I don't, I think there's nothing more important than the word. 
and knowing the word. And, and, and then another thing I've been learning is just prayer and just actual faithful prayer. I mean, really praying, obviously, for others, but just really listening to God. Um, that is something I'm really so in 2023, my next goal, I feel like I it's weird to have goals, but I really like them when they're like that. Um, is just really be quiet and have quiet time in the Lord. Um, so even turning off my music in the car sometimes and just really trying to hear from God. And I know I don't want to freak people out like where it's like, oh, Jessica, you know. But um, but you just have this still small voice. Sometimes you hear you hear the Holy Spirit moving and talking, and sometimes we just need more quiet. Um, and uh, so that's one thing I'm just really going to focus on this year. But. And I think that's a great encouragement and reminder for all of us. And even just talking about the days, the high days, the low days, and all those in-between days, spiritual warfare doesn't really ever stop. It's ever present because it can happen even in those small, mundane, little in-between ones. And you just are thinking, oh, I'm just having a bad day or I'm just so upset about this. Well, all of those thoughts can be renewed and stopped. And scripture helps us to remember to do that, helps us meditate on something else what is true what is noble what is lovely like all of these things so it's about preparing for the big things the highs the lows as well as every single day in between and it's really easy to talk about ladies gentlemen we need to be in the word more we need to be in the word more I mean we hear it constantly but I think the importance and the imperative of it can sometimes be lost we're a busy people we add it to a checklist like it's just another thing in our faith walk that we have to do but it is like one of the biggest, most imperative yeah. parts of a relationship. You can't be in a relationship with God and not actually talk to him and know him. That's not a relationship. Um, and I think we're really good at farming out our spiritual growth to other people. Yeah. And podcasts. I mean, this is a podcast. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. But you cannot substitute no. being in the word yourself. Yeah. I think all those things are great, but yeah. Because that's where God speaks directly to you. He speaks to me through other things, through mm -hmm. songs. Yes. But yeah. to know the word of the Lord is. is of great importance and probably more than we give it weight a lot of times. It's true for me in certain seasons of life. Like, oh, I'll get there. Yeah. Or uh, I'll just listen to this because I don't have time. Do I really not have time? I think that's actually probably a really big lie of the devil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely We don't is. have time. We're yeah, busy. We have it's time like, for a lot of things, for Netflix and you know, all Netflix sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we had our Bible mm -hmm. with us everywhere we went, we would find a lot of time. Yeah, so. it, it's interesting how little, and just little nuggets here and there. It doesn't always, sometimes it's big, sometimes little. I feel like, um, yeah, it's interesting you said that, that you say, um, I feel like July 6th could have been a lot uglier if I hadn't been in the Word. I, I mean, I think back to when I started you know, in January, reading the Bible and really immersing myself in, in especially in Old Testament, which I just hadn't done a lot of, um, but seeing the battles constantly and every person battling in different ways and what God was doing through that and how faithful he is and how he has mercy and grace and everything. But I thought if I wouldn't have started that in January, and that was a prompting, obviously, of the Holy Spirit, but like how would I not, I would not have been prepared for July 6th. And I still didn't handle it perfectly, but man, it's, it, I was able to get, it was rough. And, um, and there was some rough conversations that to be had to be had, but it was amazing to think God knew July 6th was coming. Like, mm, and I, it was absolutely. interesting because we all said that. Um, my sister said that my one daughter said that we all kind of said that separately at the, in different ways. And I was like, okay, but all of us had been in the word more. 
and God knew that July 6th was coming, that that ugly day had to happen, and it was going to come. You know, it's just going to happen, and there was just some things that needed to get out and things, but it was God knew it was coming, but I was prepared for it because of the Lord's prompting, and I'm thankful and grateful I did. So now, I guess, as you've had those moments, it's like, do I want to just go back to not being prepared and not really knowing? Because I know another July 6th day is coming. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it could be even worse. And um, and so I can sit back and say, well, I hope it never happens again. And, you know, I hope I'm good, prepared enough. And Or I could just really, really. Or battle. I learned enough yes. through this last experience yes. that yes. I'll be able to handle anything else yeah. Yeah. that yeah. comes. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm good. I can lighten up on that preparation. But, again, yeah. Lie of the devil. Yes. Anything oh, yeah. to keep you away from the word, anything to I mean, challenge. He uses it all. I mean, any tactic. Yep. And one that used to work and isn't working anymore, now he's going to find something different to use because he's like, okay, well, that one's tired and played out, and she kind of is on to me. So let's come in a new sneaky, devilish way, you know? Yep. And we're not always, we're not, we don't see it, especially not right away. And sometimes we never see it. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, that's spiritual battle or, oh, that's spiritual warfare or like, oh, I really know I'm in spiritual warfare sometimes. Um, I had heard a quote. I had talked about it too, but um, and I thought it just really resonated with me. Is spiritual warfare is not neat and clean. It is only out of ignorance or laziness that we blame all of our hindrances on the devil. But this is no more of a sidestepping of the real issue. We do not long for and pursue intimacy, and that is our greatest enemy. Spiritual apathy is defeat. It is death. Um, I just found that so super convicting, um, and I don't want to be spiritually apathetic. Um, so that's one I'm just trying to like see all those areas in my life where I can see that spiritual apathy, and that I'm like pursuing, you know, intimacy with the Lord. I mean, I'm actually pursuing, like going hard after it, being diligent um, in it, and that's, and I'm not good at it all the time. Like, don't see, but it's definitely like something that I desire more and more of, and um, I definitely am not going to regret going hard after the Lord. I just won't. There's, I definitely will, will regret not doing it. I will regret sure. that for sure. So, And I don't want anyone to listen to this and be discouraged like, oh, yeah, the battles, they just keep coming. They just keep coming. Yeah. Because for some, it feels that oh, way. Yeah, that they just keep coming. Sure. But I really want this to end being like, no, this is encouragement mm-hmm. that you can be preparing, that you can be in the Word so that you are ready when the next battle comes. One of my favorite things about the story of David and Goliath is that it says that Saul is like, here, have a sword. He's like, no, nope. He grabs his sling, his stones, and he runs mm-hmm, into battle. Yeah. To battle. Mm-hmm. Like, he runs to Goliath. It's not yes. like, ooh, am I doing this? He's like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm ready. I've got this. Because yes. I've got the God of creation. I have the God of angel armies, like, yes. by my side. Like, really? He knows exactly what he's doing and what he's heading into, and he's doing it with bold faith and confidence. And that is what's encouraging, that when we are preparing and we're in the word, mm-hmm. we can be ready mm-hmm. because the God comes with us and fights that battle for us, alongside us, through us, with us. Like, we're not alone. We don't need yeah. to be afraid of it, but we prepare in advance. So I want to thank you so much for the conversation, for the reminders, for the challenge. If you were not able to join us last year for the retreat, guess what? It's coming up again in September 22nd through the 24th. Join us. We're going to be working on going through the book of First Peter. It should be exciting and probably, hopefully, a little less convicting for us than spiritual warfare was. But um, having known that anything you study in this word of God yes. can be convicting, I'm not going to count that out. No, no, be ready for not. it and welcome it and actually look forward to it yes. because growth is good. It brings us more intimate. So yep. thank you.
for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad I could do it. So, All right. Have a great day, everybody.